Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Have a Drink. I hope everyone's doing doing well. Um, we haven't really talked too much about like the situation going on because we want to distract ourselves from it. But I hope oh, yeah. everybody's doing really well. I mean, yes. I hope everyone's staying safe and sane. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing I've realized. Most people say is I hope you're doing sane i hope you're okay yeah, mentally I, ho- I hope you're you're coping well yeah so that's what i've noticed but um we definitely are and we have a fun a really really fun second last episode cry face second last episode okay so there's two things on that one okay yes you know it's kind of sad that it's the second last episode but the way i see it is we can come back fully refreshed for season three um hopefully with some new ideas and really making the most of the concepts and the segments that we decided to do this season mm-hmm. And carry that on over. Mm-hmm. And second of all, guys, I am so excited for this. When Curtis proposed that we do this segment for this episode, I was super pumped up, ready to go. Oh, I'm yeah. really excited about the topic we decided on today, partially thanks to everybody's voting in that poll we did forever ago. Yes, sir. So, so we will, uh, get, I guess, reveal all of that. Yes. After the intro. But after um, the intro. right now we have, you know, a little bit of fun conversation. Um, so and last you- week we had... Sorry, I was just going to say, you said uh, right before we uh, hopped on these mics here that you have some fact checks for, for last I was, episode. I was, so I was looking um, and reading and, and listening to some stuff. So we talked about the end of the last episode with Zach of what stuff we've been listening to lately. And right. he, he mentioned that he's a Joe Rogan fan and he listens to a lot of his episodes. Elon Musk was on there recently. Right. Um, and I don't. And so one, it's one of the things that we kind of touched on. Um, we didn't talk about it too much. No, it was like mentioned um, in passing. But but either way, um, so one thing is um, Elon, like the name of Elon Musk's child was correct. It is, it's X Ash Dash 12 is what it's, is what the name of it. And so I'm still the Dash so 12, confused. Um, I don't think we said the right thing or we didn't even say the, anything because we didn't know, but it was, mm-hmm. it's after um, uh, the SR-71 Blackbird uh, ship or jet that the the army i guess like has why um because it's well i guess that's he's it's coolest jet in the world and if you actually look at the jet it's a cool it's a cool jet i'm sure but like this poor kid still like i uh, well it's gonna go by ash like that's the name that they went by ash. is ash so that's probably then what what's with all it. the fucking numbers <laughs> i'm sorry nerds, but like they're nerds oh it's, my it's, god it's really funny um but then one thing that um I guess Zach brought up was the neurotech that uh, Elon Musk and, and his team are creating, which um, scary as hell. Yeah, so I would I would suggest people to listen. It's very terrifying that um, so Elon's plan for the future uh, with his neurotech and all the plans he has is to actually get these chips implemented uh, mm-hmm. and connected to your brain to actually cure stuff like blindness and paralyzed, like stuff that is all associated to your brain. So would it be like, um, so let's say like you got a detached nerve or yep, whatever, yep. and then that's why you're blind yep, or something yep. is awry. It will repair that connection. Will not repair, it'll repair the connection in your brain, yes. It won't physically repair the actual it, nerve it, you itself. Can't, yeah, you can't repair, like you, we have no like human tissue repairing, but anything um, that's a mental, like, like when you have stimuli in your brain yeah. that are telling your body that that part doesn't work and right. there's that's a um dampered and broken connection in your brain not right. so much in your like actual body right like not it's not like a muscle or a ligament which has to heal over time but right. just a connection of your brain that's just and, it, and basically what it is is just there's no electricity flowing to that part of your brain right. to say, hey, move this part. So it like forces the electricity through it'll again? Start, it'll give you minor shocks that basically force your brain to 
you know, just okay. keep electrocuting. And it's like CPR. It's like what rejuvenates your heart. It's like electricity rejuvenates your heart to get it back right. to, to normal. So it's similar. Right. So it's very So like it's almost like a mental pacemaker in a way. Basically, it seems like it. Huh. And it but it's the capability of curing like Alzheimer's, like being, being able to That's even. That's insane. Because it's going to be able to repair you know, the parts of your brain that store memories and that actually trigger memories and that bring up memories. And that could and even like fix problems with dementia yeah, and other exactly. degenerative and that's, mental that's diseases. A, that's his plan. And he said, oh my God. he said that um, they, they're, they're testing it and they should have testing in the next couple of years. And he plans to have, you know, successful tests in the next five. And then that's actually kind it, of amazing. And it being like a worldwide thing in like the next 10, like so it's a crazy thing. It's, it's kind of amazing. And, um, Especially with things like Alzheimer's and dementia, like I know lots of people whose lives have been really like it's been t- it's tough to watch a loved one go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of amazing. Yeah. But I'm also very scared for like what that could develop into, or mm. if if I I know this sounds so like super superhero-y and like sinister, but honestly, like if if the technology happened to get into the wrong hands, or if they yeah, somehow are able yeah. to develop something off of like schematics or like buying a piece of technology and taking it apart and figuring out what he did with it, like what you could do with that yeah. in the worst way possible. There, there is definitely some, some factor of that, but there's, there's a lot of detail in this that he explains and it was very fascinating, but um, I wish I, I wish I kind of watched it more recently so I could excri- uh, describe it better. But either way, um, very fascinating stuff. And I yeah. love, I love new technology uh, enabling some of like the the you know humanity to do better things that we just didn't have before and you know the smartest minds in the world are doing that for us so I oh 100 um, percent. like yeah, yeah yeah and you just mentioned before what beer do you have and you said you liked it i am blown away guys and there's a whole other layer to my blown away that i just discovered about a second ago when i took a sip so i am drinking today the hops and robbers sucker punch ipa um from the double trouble brewing company it's a sour and tart IPA. So yep. it's basically my two favorite things all in one. Basically. Um, it is so delightful. Uh, it's like drinking a sour beer, but with the kind of like the same like flavor and everything. There's a lot IPA. of those going around. And let me tell you, when I poured it, I'm, I'm using my trusty new Yeti to keep it chilled a little me longer. Me too. Me too. Um, but I poured it in and it looks like kind of like yellow, you know, coming out. The usual like beer would look like um, mm-hmm. a lot of sours would look like that. But I'm looking at it inside the Yeti and like the inside the Yeti's silver, like whatever, like it doesn't really affect color. Mm-hmm. It looks like kind of like a peachy pink yeah. looking into the Yeti. And I'm so confused as to why it's two different colors. That's funny. That's cute though, but I'm glad that you actually have the beer because it. I, I think I've tried it once, mm. and I and it's mm. an IPA. So yeah, I, mean, I had never. I, I mean, I guess I don't either. I must not have seen you try it or totally yeah. forgot. But I came across it when we were picking up some, you know, extras just to stock back That's up awesome. again. That's awesome. And I was like, damn, this looks good. Like yeah. I haven't had a good IPA in a yeah. while because I've been drinking sours all the time. So yeah, no, the sours are definitely a thing of the current of the present. Um, I love it. I'm just drinking a simple Rolling Rock tonight because yeah, you're, just you're doing a lot of talking, and I just want to hang out and listen true, so true. today we have a rabbit hole episode everybody um and you know um I'm, I'm looking forward to this one it is it is a rabbit hole episode so um stay tuned for next week's episode lots of good stuff coming the finale of season yeah. two guys but we for got now, something big planned you big, know big stuff planned for next season you guys will hear all about it next week uh we'll do a whole week a whole season recap talk about all of our favorite moments yeah uh, and then we have a fun episode but for now we got to get get into this whole rabbit hole deep dive um, diving down and 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 what what th- what time is it right um i think it's a uh, intro time bingo
Um, so guys, I just want to dive right into it because, you know, this is going to eventually speak for itself, this topic that we have today. Um, now for all you guys out there, no matter how much you may or may not be interested in true crime, you know, we hear about stuff in the news and in, in movies and stuff like that. And there's always one case that kind of, at the very least, that just like digs into you, piques your interest. You can't shake it. You can't possibly understand what happens. And it's not just the why of what happened. It's, you know, the who and the how and the when. All of it wrapped up together going just what the hell happened here. True crime is a very popular thing these days. Yes. Well, it's always been. We've always had a fascination of it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, true crime's always been a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Anybody who, like, knows me can attest to that, that, you know, I, I do have a um, an extra level of curiosity when it comes to it. And there are many cases that just, like, full-on baffle me. Like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, especially ones that, like, never got solved. As you can tell from the last round. The rapid, unsolved ones. The yeah, unsolved yeah. ones just get it. Because it just, I can't help but just go over it. I mean, like, what was missed? How did they get away with it? Like... It can't be every time we see something where like people are like doing their best to get away with a crime, the cops eventually catch them. But I'm like, what what happened here? Yeah. So one case that does just kind of like get under my skin. And then whenever like I, I hear something about it or I think about it, it just it doesn't leave me for a while. Like it sticks with me and it holds on tight. And I'm like, what the hell? And Curtis, how about you share with everybody what that case is? I'm so excited. Um, before anything, we have to give a big, big, big round of applause to Ryan. She is the smartest, most hardworking person when it comes to this, these things, man. <laughs> I can't stress it enough. If a- anybody's listening to this right now, I need you guys to say, thank you, Ryan. Just for, if you're commenting on <laughs> social media, sending us, send us a video clip and just give Ryan a round of applause hey. because, um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this is not to, uh, get good cuddles later. It's just because... <laughs> It's just because she is really talented, and I love these. Um, this week, Rabbit Hole, we're doing the Zodiac Killer. Yes, we are. And it's one that I, you know, I didn't know much about. Ryan explained it to me. We put it on our list, and we had you guys vote way, way back in the day. Yeah, a and, lot of you guys were interested. And I was like, okay, you know what? True crime is, you know, your passion. It's something mm-hmm. that you love. She knows a lot about it, so it helped her kind of get the the gears going when she started her, her research. But yeah. she spent the entire afternoon in the office. I barely got any highs and buys. It was just complete focus for ryan yes. and i and like i said i'm so proud so yeah. this is going to be a good one buckle your buckle your seatbelts grab a freaking drink because you'll probably need it oh um, boy and and enjoy the craziness that is this fucked up dude i think Zodiac killer. Uh, yeah is it a, i'm assuming oh, it's, it's a dude, dude. Yeah, Anyways, yeah it's a dude let's get it started all right now before we get into the nitty-gritty of the crimes themselves and all things that are the mysteries of the Zodiac. I do have some sources to shout out. Um, so a short article on biography.com. Also did a little bit of Wikipedia research, obviously. But I specifically want to shout out a couple of really great uh, YouTube videos that just got down to the details, super easy to follow, and really kind of have 
given me a, a greater appreciation once again, having to do kind of this research a little bit more intensely than just mild curiosity. And those are videos done by the channel Biographics, BuzzFeed Unsolved, obviously, and a channel called Film Radar. And that will become important later. Oh, I love how you always do like the, the citing first because it's so important. It's just like good it's to the start from the top you know, and so say, good. hey, it's so good. these guys, it's not just all in my own head here. Yeah, she's got lots going on. All right. So with that said, let's get into it. So from the late 1960s to the early 1970s, the San Francisco Bay Area was gripped with fear because of a series of brutal attacks and murders committed by an elusive and taunting killer in a time when some of the most brutal cases in true crime hit a peak. Now, I do just want to preface this by saying that we, you know, a lot of people who are interested in true crime and even grew up and, you know, rose to adulthood during this time, from the 60s onward, we've seen some of the biggest and most infamous killers emerge. And obviously, we, there was plenty before then, but it just seemed to take a weird uptake. Um, Son of Sam, the Manson family, BTK, Ted Bundy, Gary Widgway, um, Dahmer, Gacy, time. the list goes on. These guys and their cases... They have movies, shows, documentaries, books, and even courses in schools, you know, You're especially kidding. in university. Wow. Yeah. Well, especially like if you happen to, you know, be um, in the right, be, right city and be in, in the, the right, right school, city, be in the right program, like you are going to cover these cases in your courses. Oh, wow. There's going to be units That's on people cool. like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's insane. The predator, who would later name himself as the Zodiac, began his reign of terror on December 20th, 1968, in Vallejo, California, with the murders of David Arthur Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen um, by a popular lover's lane, and they were both shot to death. All the leads would dry up in this case, and by the end of the holidays, the police had determined that the perpetrator had to be a sadistic murderer unknown to the two victims, but it would take a while for this theory to be confirmed. It wasn't going to be until July 4th, 1969, at the Blue Rock Springs Golf Course, just a few miles away from the first crime, that Michael Majo and Darlene Farron were approached by a mysterious man, shining a flashlight into their eyes to hide his identity before shooting them multiple times. As the killer went to leave, he heard Majo gasping for air and came to shoot the couple again. But something changed with this attack, and do you want to guess what it was? Uh, no, I don't want to guess. I just no, you don't want to guess I, at all? I have no, I'm still just like, Let's take just it back. The that. Okay, well, the police would actually receive a strange 911 call that was traced to a payphone a few blocks to the station that he was calling into, reporting the murder as well as the type of gun used in the crime. However, the caller also claimed responsibility for the murders the previous year of Faraday and Jensen. What yeah. the yeah. heck? Yeah. The police had already known about this second attack because of some teens that had come across the scene minutes after the killer had left. Um, and how quickly they were discovered actually led to Majo surviving. So the guy. Right. Um, however, Farron, Darlene, was uh, pronounced dead when she got to the hospital. Wow. Yeah. So um, he's now killed three people and one has been wounded but survived. Right. So with the survival of Majo, the police were able to get a description of the killer because he didn't hold the flashlight the second time he came to the car to shoot them after he heard right. Michael gasping for air. D this guy got shot like he came up shot him once multiple times multiple times and then he turned and then he around came back because he was gasping came back continued to shoot him both and well, then no. still survived yeah so what had happened what he like shot into the car um had it like five or six times yeah, or something right. 
he was the killer was about to leave and then he could hear like of course Michael, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like struggling for breath so to make sure that they were both gonna be he walked up and shot them each one more time and then left but then he's still alive he's still alive it's That's crazy ridiculous yeah um so the description Majot gave was a quote white adult male five foot eight inches 170 to 200 pounds 35 to 45 years old at the time obviously mm-hmm. heavy or stocky build and walks with a limp walks with a limp yeah that's a huge clue yeah the next time this killer would show up though it wouldn't be with a new attack so on august 1st 1969 three newspapers in the bay area received identical letters from the killer so the papers were the San Francisco Chronicle, the Examiner, and the Vallejo Times Herald. Um, obviously, like these were, you know, popular newspapers around the area. It, in anything I read, they were specifically named as such. The Chronicle, I, in my opinion, become the most important in this case for a few reasons. Um, but yeah, those were the three that got sent. The author of these uh, letters took credit for both killings. But was included. Uh, but what was included in the letters was most curious, and it was um, the one thing that was different between each of the letters. So it was a four hundred and eight symbol cryptogram. Do you know what a cryptogram is? Uh, it sounds fancy. Don't know exactly what it is. So basically, like it's a puzzle um, made up of encrypted text. So it would be like assigned different symbols, right. or like other letters would be assigned to different letters. Um, ah, so and they're based on is. like substitution ciphers that could be solved through like yep, frequency yep, analysis yep, 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 when yep, you yep. see the repeating. But stuff. there is, but there's a pattern involved. There is and, a pattern. And there's a way of decrypting. Yeah, a and there's ways. Yeah. So like um, when I was like looking up kind of the details of how they work, things like double letters, apostrophes, and the fact that like no letter can substitute for itself kind of offers places to start right, the solution. Right. Yeah, there's always a uh, basically a treasure map to a cryptogram, which yeah. is basically an A is actually an E and and such so and so forth. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, to solve in a lot of cases with substitution ciphers, you do need the original like lettering it's based off yes, of. Yes. But depending on what kind of frequency you can find, you usually can end up figuring it. And usually out. with most cryptograms, there's probably a key involved. There should be yeah. a key, well, which is actually the determinant of what letter is what you know what symbol is which letter. So what I'll get to is actually there was these two um, like amateur crypto. Cryptographers. Oh my Cryptographers. God. Yes, yep. thank you. Sometimes I just can't get it. I, it's out a tough right. one. Um, but Especially yeah. when you're half a beer in. <laughs> Not even. I'm like <laughs> three sips. Um, but yeah, so these two, this couple, um, the the wife, she was actually really quite smart in figuring out this first cool. one. Cool. So okay. Spoiler awesome. alert. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so the cryptogram was put into three. So that's why each letter was different because it each had a section of the yep. um, cryptogram. Mm-hmm. Um, each part going to each newspaper and told them that solving the cryptogram would reveal his identity. He also had threatened to kill dozens of people if the papers did not print their sections of the puzzle on their front page. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, the, San, Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle, however did not follow his instructions. They printed the cryptogram on page four beside a quote from the chief of police that they had not confirmed that the letters came from the real killer and asked for more information to prove his identity. Um, So the killer ended up not acting on his threat of killing a bunch of people. He actually gave in to the request by the chief and wrote another letter, but he only sent it to the examiner as opposed to the other two. Um, and they gave de- and it gave details of the cases only the killer would know. Okay. So then that obviously like confirmed a little bit. Right. Okay. Yeah. So this, this man who's sending you stuff is the real, real deal. Yeah. Gotcha. He's like, listen here, like you want to test me? Then let me tell you like, haha, I know I got about the this. So for you actually, fuck you, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just the ability to confirm that the author was the killer. 
This second letter was special because the author wrote at the start this phrase that kind of just started everything in motion for the notoriety. What? And it began with, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. And it, um, and so then that's, you know, he just named himself. Okay. It, it so wasn't the media that did it. He named himself. Gotcha. He named himself the Zodiac. And from then on, then that's what he would be known what a, as. What a dick. A person who just goes and kills people, but then he also names himself. I know. That's an ego balls right there. And there's one more. So he actually signed off on the letter and this, uh, with a symbol and the symbol would become synonymous with him and it would be on all the other letters for the most part. Um, it was a crosshair symbol. So the circle with like a cross through it, like it's the crosshairs and like, oh, interesting. A, like a, 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 I gotcha. the, the site thing. Oh, it's just a, cro- it's just a crosshair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And it, w- it would just be like, uh, he signed off on it. Like it was on all the like other letters and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, less than a week after the cryptogram was, um, like printed, um, and it was, um, so this cryptogram was later referred to as the Z408 cipher. Um, that's important because there's later, uh, there's other cryptograms and other letters that refer to differently based on like different qualities. So this one was the 408 cipher. Uh-huh. Um, so the couple I was talking about, um, their name was, their names were Donald and Betty Hardin cracked it and contacted the Chronicle with a solution. So Betty, like I said, she was really clever and she was able to do some kind of like basic profiling in order to anticipate words um, in the cipher and then use frequency analysis. So she kind of said like, hey, like, you know, this guy seems like he's, you know, he wants the attention. He's looking for notoriety. uh, And, you know, he's obviously taking joy in kind of like reliving the killings and things like that. So um, she figured that because of how like kind of like self-obsessed he is with his importance and needing attention, that it would probably start with, um, a sentence that started with I because it's like he's he's talking now this is his reasons yeah and then she was like there's probably going to be mentioned somewhere of like either kill or killing or how much he likes it blah 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 right and she was right she was on the money um, because the beginning phrase of the like paragraph once it was solved was I like killing really the first <laughs> sentence I of like the Z4 killing. was I like killing yeah, yeah. wow yeah um, that's funny mm-hmm but the cipher actually turned into a bit of a disappointment for police because the killer actually didn't really leave any clues to his identity. It just discussed his love for killing and, which was super weird, um, his plans to keep killing due to the belief that his victims would become his slaves when he was reborn in paradise. Okay. So giving his name to them would only slow him down. Yeah, this guy's not right. He seems like either, and, and see, this is the problem that I have with like some of these letters where like, I don't know if he's just saying stuff like that to make him sound crazy and more like, well, no. you know, scary and shit like that. Or if like he actually believes this because there's plenty of times where like killers will try and, you know, play off that they might be a little bit unhinged in the head where they're really just like a, a psychopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, way worse than they actually are kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so while the solve cipher was, f- for the most part, coherent, minus some <laughs> spelling errors, some of them are bad. Um, <laughs> I was reading through some examples in like the videos. And I'm like, oh, boy. Like um, what? Like, like, give me a word. Did he like spell toast without an A or something? No, it was just like certain words were like m- totally like flipped over or mixed up or he was forgetting. I can't remember exact examples, but because it was hard to read some of the sentences. I see. But otherwise, like his thoughts were coherent. That's interesting. Um, except for the final 18 letters, which appeared to just be gibberish. Um, their significance and anything about them or what they mean has yet to be the truth. No one solved right. the last well, 18 it, well, letters well, of this it first. Makes, it makes sense because if he's trying to like 
encrypt this with like it's a cryptogram so it's encrypted with whatever method he wanted to use you know inevitably you're gonna like you know miss up a symbol or a letter or something right like well it actually so i didn't have it in my notes but it was mentioned in um the one video that i watched by the biographics channel really well done um was that so with some later letters that i'll get into um they like there's one of them that was particularly complex and another one that was like fairly hard to crack and some cryptographers had actually posited the idea that um the zodiac or the author excuse me of these letters was purposely making it difficult to kind of like keep up the challenge the notoriety and and it would add like or he probably wasn't using letters all the time, but would just kind of make up random symbols to make it harder to solve. Right. So that no so one could figure out. So it actually wasn't a word. It was just like random gibberish. He was purposely so, trying to right. make it difficult and and, and like uh, not really mean anything. Well, it's the same thing. It's like I would imagine like writing. Plus, oh, okay. Sorry. But just to kind of get into the psychology of it, which I kind of think does show later. Um, but also like he made it intentionally difficult is what they're positing. Uh, he made it intentionally difficult so that um, no one could prove that like, they were smarter than him by solving the cryptogram. So he wanted to make it purposefully impossible so he would be so smart. I see. I yeah. see. So, yeah, but when you make something actually impossible to solve, it therefore, it, it, you know, it's a, just because you could do it doesn't mean it's solvable. You know what yeah. I mean? Just because you can encrypt something doesn't mean it's yes. impossible. No, to I understand that, but, but they but, think yeah. that this is what his mind. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking in a terms of like if I were to write, you know, an encrypted note, but it's in binary. Technically, it's something encrypted because binary is a reading language. It's still, it's read by all computers. But if I miss a zero or if I put an extra zero instead of a one, that is a whole new word now or yeah, a whole yeah. new letter. And it therefore, has a different meaning. you yep. know, you misspell things. And that's why I think that would be yep. a similar situation. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, however, taunting um, in the media and taunting the police didn't slow Zodiac down um, because on December, or not December, September 27th, 1969, so the following month, um, he attacked a couple that was picnicking by a lake in Napa County, California. Wasted no time. Oh, my God. No time at all. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where, like, yeah, he might be riding high from this notoriety, but at the time, it definitely didn't stop him for his, like resting period and cooling off period it, gotcha. it didn't really affect it much at all um so two college students cecilia shepherd and brian hartwell were approached by a man matching the description made by michael Majot with a gun in his hand and he had um and then he then pulled a like black executioner style hood that like went down to his chest over his head and on the chest area of the hood it had the crosshair symbol oh, so there's actually gosh. sketches done by like um by like accounts of the of, of this attack it, it's eerie it's like this wide like heavy like bulky looking dude with a th- black mask over top with just this huge crosshairs on his chest i'm like imagine being approached yeah. by a guy like oh, that yeah. with a gun in his hand man um and then he also like put on a pair of sunglasses so obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, he told them it was just a simple robbery that he'd broken out of a out of a prison in Montana, and he just wanted to like money, whatever, and he would go away. Um, and it's kind of thought that this kind of like lulled them into getting tied up, thinking that if we just follow what he says, he'll rob us and leave. Um, however, once they were both restrained, Zodiac pulled out a knife and stabbed them multiple times, and this would actually be a change of mo. What do you mean by MO? Uh, MO. So I was, I was actually hoping you'd ask me that. So MO stands for modus operandi or mode of operation. And it's basically MO is referred to how a killer 
kills his victims. Right. So, for example, now you have two uh, multiple cases of shot multiple gunshot wounds. Yeah. And then a knife. And now all of a sudden he's attacking them with a knife. So, for example, like. how do I put BTK would like bind up his victims with like telephone wires or something like that, torture and then kill them with, I think it was like a knife or something uh-huh. like that. So it would be how somebody does it. I got you. Um, anyways. Yeah. So that was a change in MO, which a lot of times is difficult when you have a killer doing that because it's harder to connect the cases together, especially if they're working over like a widespread area. So I thought this was interesting. Um, after stabbing the couple, he walked up to where Hartnell's car was parked and using like, I think it was like a, a like a thick marker or paint or something. Um, he wrote the dates of all the attacks, including the one that he had just committed, along with a crosshair symbol to show. And he actually, so the way it, it shows is he did the crosshair symbol and then on the side of the car, it says um, Vallejo. And then he wrote the December attack the um, July attack and then the this September attack he committed and then underneath with like a little note taking point bullet underneath says with a knife and I'm like what the, yeah because he's so he's basically saying I did this one I did this one and I did this one but this time I used a knife What's just that? just so you guys know right this was still me which yeah. is so crazy to that me. is that is very odd um so yeah and by leaving this note um he basically like it just kind of said like hey like I want to make sure no one else gets investigated or fingered for this crime. I'm the mm-hmm. one who did it. Um, and on top of this, he actually called the police like he did with the second attack. And then same thing. He, it was traced within blocks from the station he was calling. And it was the, he gave an exact description of Hartnell's car. Like exact description, which was crazy. Right. So uh, with this attack, while Shepard Cecilia had died... Hartnell actually survived this attack despite being stabbed six times in the back. Six this times man in the doesn't back. know how to finish his job. No, I don't know and what the it heck. Was, oh god, it was so like eerie to watch. So this was actually to in, watch. No, no, no. Okay, so so I was watching. You were the, there? No, I wasn't there. <laughs> Stop interrupting. Um, so in the film radar, um, the and this kind of leads into what I'll talk about later is um, there was actually a movie done in 2007 by David Fincher called zodiac and it was about the crimes and everything and all of this starting up okay cool really good movie um so the the film radar uh, video was talking about all this and at one point he and the point he was making in the video was how faithful this movie was to what had happened um so there was one scene where it was actually i guess i don't know if it was like a featurette or if he spliced in like documentary footage or something but because hartnell survive obviously he was able to talk about what had happened and mm. identify and blah 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 there was a video with hartnell talking about the scene in the movie of his attack and he actually watched the scene and he was like it was it was you know he was describing it along and 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 the video was showing the scene in the movie and it was like beat for beat for beat exactly the same so basically how it went was um, they got tied up and he thought the killer was going to be leaving. And then all of a sudden he says he like saw something move in the corner of his like periphery vision. And all of a sudden he felt a knife just going like he felt getting stabbed. But like because he had nowhere to go, he was very still. But meanwhile, Cecilia's beside him watching him get stabbed. And then once once um, Zodiac's done stabbing Brian, he goes over to Cecilia and start stabbing. He said, because she had seen me just get stabbed, she was 
freaking out trying to get away but she's bound up so she's just rolling around on the ground so she's rolling around as she's getting stabbed wow. she's getting stabbed all over the place right whereas he got stabbed in a very localized area right. which i think had an effect on him surviving well yeah 100 sure, percent, sure. it had an effect on him surviving yeah because um, you just stab somebody in the abdomen six times they're not gonna die no, that's it's not a very... he was stabbed in the back so but it, it probably was okay. like he wasn't and he was like it was really quick they were just like quick stabs so i don't think that they went very deep God either damn. And I right. think for hers, he was probably given. Yeah, it. if he's not, if he's if he's a huskier dude, then sure he could yeah. go a little deeper with the knife. But if it's a shitty yeah. knife, you know, lots yeah. of things go in play. But yeah, so and it, it was crazy. He was he was saying how he was like, I watched the scene in the movie, and you know, it was it was so close to what I could see in the side, like through the side like of my eyes after laying there that I could see the flashes of what was going on beside me. He's like, and he's like, when you watch the movie, at the point that the scene cuts was the point that I basically looked away from what was happening. Oh, so wait, this man who survived the stabbings is reviewing the movie. Not reviewing, but there was a scene, um, um, like I guess there was some sort of interview that he did where he talked about the scene in the movie. Oh, yeah, and he was like, and I'll, um, but yeah, oh, so I'll talk, neat. I'll talk about it more later. But I just wanted to point that out that like documentary more than a movie. That's kind of neat. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. So I'll get into the, I'll get okay, into, the, I'll okay. get into the movie later. Um, so just weeks after this attack on October 11th in the heart of San Francisco, a cab driver named Paul Stein was murdered while on the job. Oh, no. Yeah. So a man matching the description of the two surviving Zodiac victims was seen getting into Stein's cab, and they drove to Presidio, Presidio Park. Um, once there, the killer shot Paul, took his keys, his wallet, and a piece of his shirt. Just a piece. And there were lots of witnesses around, um, and they were all able to give a description. Of the killer? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because the guy like Smooth got out move. of the car and just like went through the park. Smooth move. Now, I didn't originally have this in my notes, but I was going back over the video um, earlier and a lot of the um, later like theory stuff I'll get into is from the BuzzFeed video. Um, but I was going, he was, I was going over the part where he was talking about the Paul Stein murder um, and he was saying how there was some sort of mix up when the crime was getting reported that the dispatcher actually thought that they were looking for an African-American male instead of a white male. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So because that was what the report sent out, there's actually an instance of two officers that ran into the actual, like the guy who matched the description of Paul Stein's like murderer and they just let him go because they weren't, it wasn't they a, thought they were looking for an African-American right. male. And I'm like, they literally, it blew my mind, like, because wow. I always forgot about this detail, because I knew this before, mm -hmm. and I always forget about it for some reason, and I'm just like, they, these two officers probably talked to the Zodiac Killer, or at the very least, a guy who got away with a murder for like right. 50 years. Right. Like, are you kidding? That's hilarious. Are you kidding? Hot damn. Yeah. And and um, so initially, because this crime is different from the others... Um, they thought it was a simple robbery gone wrong. Like when it first happened, they were just like, oh, this is a description of the guy. Like we think it was a robbery. Um, but Zodiac actually, you know, as he's done before, made sure that people knew that he was the one who did this murder. I see. So a few days after Stein's murder, Zodiac's next letter was sent to the Chronicle uh, along. So the one of the papers, um, along with a missing piece of Paul Stein's so shirt. Yeah. So this basically said, hi, hello, um, I did this and you guys didn't catch me. And in one of the letters he sent, he actually like referenced this like as a goof up by the police saying like, 
hey, they talked to me, but then I just walked through the park after I killed this guy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He, he as much That's as he could dig in at the police, he would. He would make references yeah. to them not catching him all the time. Some, some absolute cynical... Yeah. yeah. So on top of making threats of not catch or sorry, making taunts of the police not being able to catch him there. He also made a threat to take down a school bus full of children. Um, <laughs> but he thankfully never followed through on okay, it. Yeah. But it was quite upsetting to right. like, That'd be read a that part of the letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, let's just take a second and stop. Yeah, you should take a uh, drink. I'm going to take a drink and then I just have a, po- a little thing to say. That's fine. I'll cover the time as you uh, take your two sips because I think you need it. You know, you don't want to get too dehydrated. We want you to keep talking because your voice is so beautiful. All right, Thank she's you. ready. <laughs> so Paul Stein was the last definitive um, killing linked to the Zodiac Killer. So it was the last murder that they right. were like, yes, this is, can be attributed to he had evidence he took the he confessed whatever there are many more suspected victims and other cases where they think it was might have been zodiac but because there's basically no evidence um and certain details are like mixed up whatever um it's not for sure it's suspected okay suspected um you know there's the three main basically you know some people would say canonical killings of the zodiac um but there's other ones that he either has made references to in other letters, but some of those letters haven't been confirmed as being from him. All of that. I see. Um, it could all. It should also be said that once these initial killings stopped, Zodiac began began corresponding with the media a lot more. He mm-hmm. sent like a dozen or so letters over the next few years. So, um, Curtis, I'd like to ask you a question. Oh, great. What do you think that we can theorize about the killer's motivations from the evidence behavior presented? Um, seems like he might. At the, from the start, I see it, it sounded like he might have a little bit of relationship struggle because of his attack on couples. Um, there was what three? The first three, first two were on couples. So I'm thinking whether I, it didn't seem like he had any motive towards killing these people specifically. But for mm-hmm. the first two being, you know, couples won by what lovers rock or something. Lovers lanes, lovers lanes on their own. Yeah. Game, so I mean, thing. and then the other, the other one as well. Um, huh. He might have had, you know, maybe troubles in that area in his life. Um, maybe I mean most killers. Maybe some relationship in, in involved in that. Um, the other thing I'm saying is he 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 is very much looking for the the mental game playing of a killer yes. which yes. is you know the no, the letters is one thing but yeah. my thing is the the calling in from a payphone blocks away from the station and it's then a the, taunt it's a taunt and yes. it's it's very very that yes. time of killer-esque but yes. it's also um yeah. it, it's it's probably just boosting his ego yeah like crazy which just yeah. makes me think he's still such a he's a crazy person obviously yeah that. but so very interesting on your little insight on the relationship thing i didn't think about that it was more so what got to me and it was brought up in one of the videos that i very much agree with is this idea of the game and the notoriety yeah so to police it seemed that zodiac actually got more enjoyment and thrill out of the public fear he caused taunting the police he's playing and, a game and getting yeah and getting he's all this playing attention. a chess game he literally is yeah yeah Which so is, he's yeah. he's feeding off the attention and almost valuing and enjoying the attention more than the actual acts of the killing mm-hmm. and like when you think about it too like he barely but like he left two people alive yeah. Like he barely bothered to but, like stay but, but around the, to but make sure. But the whole sure. point is he didn't leave them on purpose. 
Like he went back. No, to but try like try to um, kill those the first guy. Yeah, well, in one the of the cases, you just expect, but yeah, yeah, in one of the cases, yeah. Um, but I think it's one of the situations where like he could have checked on um, Hartnell and been like, "Hey, but he's still good," and then just you know gone no, in for the jugular or something. His, yeah, I don't think that was his goal. But that's the point I'm trying to make is right. that you know maybe it didn't matter if they actually survived or not, but if if at least like one somebody died and other the other killings were or other attacks were super brutal, that would still be enough. Right. Um, because he you know he left these two people alive, but he made sure to take whatever steps he needed to take. To say to police and to the media at large, "Hey, I'm the one who did this." Yeah, I yeah, that's a little that's a this. little different from most um, most scenario most I guess like murder cases and true crime is that you don't mm-hmm. typically get a killer who says like who who likes to be in the limelight like oh there's plenty of uh, killers. Oh, sorry sorry I, it's not, actually not in like that a way um, but yeah most of them I guess most of them do want to be front stage front stage and center if they you know if they know it's easy to not get caught. But, well, but yeah, at the end of the day, the worst the limits, part the worst know? part about it is that I can easily tell this guy's very smart. Like he is a very smart I mean, person, I would assume. I you could assume that, yeah. Um, but also I did want to <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this online or like really understood because you didn't know much about the case. Uh, but something funny to kind of break things up before I get into kind of the aftermath of a lot of this. Um is after the Paul Stein murder, there was a composite sketch developed from like the eyewitnesses mm-hmm. um, for very famous wanted posters. He's got, you know, glasses on, all that kind of thing. Um, and this c- sketch would be later used around the internet in memes because of how much it looked like Ted Cruz. Oh, wow. And which it didn't make sense because he wasn't even alive at the time. But um but yeah, there's just like there's memes out there or people will go to like I've seen videos before of people like make signs with like a picture of the zodiac wanted poster and then ted cruz and then be like question mark question mark and like oh, hold it up and funny. show. I just doesn't it look google, weird i just did a google search of ted cruz zodiac killer and there's yeah. like all the google has is side by sides but yeah that this pictures of the zodiac killer look really weird yeah like yeah they do kind of like because if i were to see this i would say clearly a man who cuts his own hair probably like shaves it buzzes it um older obviously because mm-hmm. of the the bagginess under everything i mean i don't know what like kind of um a description he got i don't know who drew, drew him and whatever but mm-hmm. there's only like one looks like there's like one a lot of the reports the said one. like a like stockier heavy built guy Glasses older are... really tall that sort of thing so gotcha but Anyways, yeah okay so um after this uh, after after you know Stein and the extra letters and everything, so this is basically I'm going to get into letters and like correspondence that like followed after the last official like Zodiac killing. Right. So there is a strange episode involving a call um, that demanded that two well-known lawyers show up on a talk show. Um, one of them had complied, and what resulted was a series of short phone calls to the talk show. Um, there was 54 of them, I believe. Over the course of two hours, he would call, like say something short and hang up and then call again. Um, And a confirmation that this was actually the Zodiac through all of this was like never made. No one could say like this could be the Zodiac. So a lot of people think it was just somebody trying to get 15 minutes of fame. Okay. Um, And then soon after that, um, the Zodiac sent a, and this was the real Zodiac, sent another letter with another cipher. So this one was known as the Z340 cipher. 
And um, while the first cipher took 20 hours to crack by that couple, um, the second cipher has not been solved to this day. Oh, wow. No one can figure it out. Give it to me. Let's do it. I'll look it up for you. Let's do it. I'm okay. Saying, yeah, yeah. Imagine you, of all people, you never solve know. the Z345. A fresh set of eyes can solve many, many problems. <laughs> There's been so many fresh eyes. Um, so another cipher, another cipher followed Jesus. after that. No, okay. Just thought I would. So another cipher followed <laughs> shortly after. This one was called Z13 because it only had three symbols. And there was a short, short message above the cipher. And the end of the message right before the cipher said, my name is, and then the cipher. So basically a taunt of, if you figure this out, you'll know who I am. I doubt it. And there was one last cipher sent after that. Um, there was, um, and this one is actually the most complex out of all those immediate ones sent. Um, it included a map of the Bay Area, area, and if the cipher was solved, it would have led to the location of a bomb buried near Mount Diablo, which must be some sort of mountain in that area. Um, these two ciphers have also never been conclusively solved. Like, no one's really been able to figure it out. I thought we give these ciphers to Nicolas Cage. He solves a lot oh, of those. Oh, my God. In movies where he's scripted to do so. Um, it's also possible that um, these two... So what I mentioned before about the, the cryptographers kind of um, positing the idea that, you know, these were kind of built impossible. Um, they think it, you know, it was never meant to be solved and that they're simply just made of gibberish sure. just to kind of taunt people. Sure. I totally believe a it. A final official le- letter that can be like confirmed that it was probably from Zodiac um, was received by the Chronicle in 1974. Oh, wow. That's a long freaking time. Yeah. Um, so basically like, and that's why they say from like the late 60s to the early 70s, because he was still kind of like terrorizing through letters. Um, but no killings, no confirmed killings. No, no absolutely confirmed direct connection. Right. Because killings. it seemed like most people had a sighting of him. Or he would do that whole call them and say, hey, these people were killed and blah, blah, Or there was like other or he, clues or around. Or in the like letters, he'd be like, hey, I killed these people, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. I see what you mean. Yeah, there was no like direct, consistent, you know, taking credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there are other letter letters that have been sent to the Chronicle and other places that are unconfirmed, but have suspicious authorship um, leading up to 1990. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, lot. there might be some people who are just like thrown cryptograms. Well, that's what I'm the, thinking. Some people just want to be like chronicle. a part of the notoriety yeah. of it, right? Um, also, one more thing of note before we move on to the next bit is um, in 2002, a partial DNA sample was taken from a stamp um, that was on one of the Zodiac letters that was sent in. They were able to oh. retrieve. It wasn't enough. There you go. It wouldn't be enough of a profile to confirm somebody, but it was enough that they could eliminate people. Sucks because in today's technology, it would 100% be enough. Well, yeah, depending. Exactly um, why now we're going to get into the then. theories. So, in interest of time, I'm only going to discuss two theories as to who the zodiac is. Um, however, these two are the most commonly listed when I was looking up the videos and articles, um, and one of them be- being kind of the prevailing theory, the theory most widely believed by people. Okay. So the first one is from Gary Stewart, and he believes his father, there's so many cases where these sons think their fathers are for sure killers. And yeah, very really concerned. though. Um, there's one of them. It's a case I want to eventually get into called the Black Dahlia. And, um, and, the, like, and this, a whole new story? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's this guy who is absolutely convinced that his father killed her. Um, wow. But anyways, so Gary Stewart thinks his father, Earl Van Best Jr., was a Zodiac. Um, Stewart actually went so far as to publish a full novel to present his theory. Yes. Yes. What a guy. Yeah. It's called The Most Dangerous Animal of All. <laughs> like, okay. My dad. Yeah. <laughs> My dad, the Zodiac. 
So Van Bess actually bears a solid resemblance to the Zodiac sketch made after the Paul Stein killing. Like in this picture of Van Bess, he's got like glasses on. He's looking dapper. His chin's kind of pointy. And I'm like, oh, damn. They actually look quite similar. Okay. Um, and his name actually matches the number of characters in the Z13 cipher. Oh, so then neat. that would make sense that eventually once you figure out what all the characters are, we'd say Earl Van Bass Jr. Um, Stewart also says that a handwriting expert is virtually certain that Van Bess handwriting from his marriage license matches that of the Zodiac letters. It's him. Get him. Here's the thing, though. So when I was watching the video that was kind of lining up the theories for me, they also pointed out reasons why it might not be the Zodiac, because in the majority of cases where they try and look for a suspect, there's circumstantial evidence that it might be them, and there's plenty of other evidence, non-circumstantial and circumstantial, that says it's not them. Right. So they here's some... alibis, and then there's no Or there's alibis. just stuff that doesn't like dude, totally it's, make it's, sense. It's, it's, it's if the scream. puzzle piece doesn't completely... It's scream the movie, dude. Oh, my God. Multiple killers oh working together. Oh, my God. And, and, you know... Okay, here's... We'll twins. get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So here's some reasons why he might not be the Zodiac. So according to an administrator at the church um, that Van Best like, got his marriage license from the handwriting is actually the priests and not van best which would mean that with the virtually certain comparison that it's the same would actually implicate the priest as the zodiac killer what a coinky dink right? dude i don't fucking believe so, that so and the van- priest is a liar dude or whoever said that is a definitely a liar oh damn that's a reaction i wasn't expecting so dude, um what? and van best only matched the description from the paul stein killing and not the heavy set large face one from the previous attacks which let me just say too is the two descriptions don't match up together very well right so i'm almost thinking like there's some sort of disconnect there you have a complete different victimology um even but, though it's but a similar when you said but the stein killing came from witnesses in a park like multiple witnesses yeah, so, and yeah a, but then, and then you have actual established like yes but the description from the previous killings from the two survivors they had extended time seeing his face wrong uh yes wrong what i'm trying to tell you is getting shot five times and then getting shot you know and then you know still being survived like surviving to then see somebody to get shot multiple like uh, you know one more time Mm -hmm. and then hours later to then try to describe what you saw in that moment is you're off by a lot you have to be all i'm saying is is that they weren't giving finite details in their description they were saying he was a big dude right even if like your brain's still gonna latch onto that information and mind you i've taken plenty of courses i am not unaware of the fact that eyewitness testimony is faulty especially for people who have gone through trauma human memory is not like a recorded video it does not work like an automatic playback of exactly what happened i'm fully aware of that situation However, they still would have been able to get some sort of look. And you can tell the difference between someone who might be a little bit more, you know, less of a weight and a heavier set dude. And you might be able to tell, you know, you might remember what color hair he had or whatever. I would would just believe an abundance more people um, in a park who saw a guy running through the park, multiple of them having a matching description versus two dudes who were attacked. I I understand. Um, also something to note with this theory too is Stewart actually tried to get his father's DNA tested against that recovered DNA that I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier. Um, but police didn't do it because there wasn't enough evidence to warrant the testing leading Stewart to make accusations of a police cover up, which 
I don't think makes sense. Why would they want to cover up when they, the amount of attention they'd be like, finally, like they caught the Zodiac. Well done guys. Like why would they pass that opportunity up? Right. So I don't get the whole idea of a cover up. Now, theory bribery. two. Okay, go ahead. Um, sorry, what did you say? I said bribery. You could, you could have any reason. For, I mean, I guess so, but they wouldn't, the cop, they were, wait, no, but think about it. They were being taunted by this guy. If yeah. anything, they're going to be like, we want to get this motherfucker so he can, you know, fall off his freaking pedestal he just built for himself. You're, yeah. You're not wrong. But you know when I mean? you have, you have anybody who's in a position to talk to the right people and have the right connections, like anybody could say, oh no, just cover it up. And at the end of the day, the testing comes down to one or two people who are saying we fund this or we don't. And they do the testing or they don't. It's not a matter of funding. They just didn't take the sample no it's at that time it's funding a lot of it with the uh, with um whatever whether csi or whoever ends up well whoever does the testing so the yeah, criminal labs whatever. yeah the labs that's all funding and if they don't have enough yeah but there's ones that are specifically run like through the state that are used by law enforcement it, yes I, that's what exactly what i'm talking about but it's still funded by something okay whatever anyway it, it's you're not wrong but moving on um, so with theory two, this is the prevailing one. Um, so this theory comes from Robert Gray Smith. And what's important about Robert Gray Smith is that he was a former political cartoonist for the San Francisco Chronicle. Cartoonist. What a job. Go on. Did you, but he worked for the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I guess. That was the newspaper that like. Yeah, I'm aware. But he also sent to him multiple newspapers. So I don't. He yeah, but there was a- more correspondence later just sent to the Chronicle. Okay, sure. And and um, so Robert Graysmith actually worked along with, so he spent a lot of his time trying to figure out Zodiac. And there was another reporter that worked there. Um, oh, what's his name? I think it's like Paul Avery or something like that. Right. And he wrote so many articles on right. Zodiac and, and kind of like what was going on with him. But anyways... So Robert Graysmith believes that Arthur Lee Allen is the Zodiac. Mm -hmm. Graysmith wrote two books about the Zodiac and his suspicions. And this theory was later depicted into a movie based on his books. Want to guess what that movie is? Uh, Is it the one you just talked about? Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) On the day of the third attack on Farron and Hartnell by the lake, Allen was reported to have told his family that he was going scuba diving at the same lake, Lake Berryessa. And later that evening came home covered in blood with a bloody knife in his car. Okay. Well, he had do stabbing the first time around. The third? Oh. The third. Hartnell the third got thing? stabbed, oh, okay, remember? Okay, 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 okay. So Hartnell was the one that got, I got stabbed you, got you. and he Sorry, showed up with a bloody knife. I thought you were talking about the first thing. Anyway, go on. No. Um, in 1971, one of Alan's friends named Don Chaney said that Alan called himself Zodiac before the killer publicly referred to himself by that name. And also said that Alan told him he was planning to hunt people with a gun and a flashlight. And now think to the second yeah. uh, case where Majot said that a okay. flashlight was yeah. put in their faces. A couple more, yeah. So Alan was interviewed by the police twice. Um, in what I could find in, in like what I was watching in the articles I found, I couldn't find any reference to what the first interview was about. Okay. Um, but in the second interview... It was after the claims made by Cheney, um, in which Alan said his favorite book was The Most Dangerous Game. Um, and this book is about hunting humans and was also referenced in a letter from the Zodiac. Mm. Yeah, he was also wearing a Zodiac brand watch that had the same crosshair symbol that the killer used. Too many coincidences. Police searched Alan's trailer home where he they found small dissected animals in a freezer, bloody knives, some other stuff... 
and no direct evidence. Some other stuff. Some other, I just don't want to talk about it. On okay, sure. Um, and then, but there was no direct evidence of the murders right. found at his place. Did he and, have alibis? Um, well, he didn't for the, you know, day he was going to go scuba diving in the right. same lake that people got but fucking attacked at. There was no mention of it. Okay. Um, great. I don't think he had like a legitimate alibi for okay. anything. Um, police, um, oh, in 1974, Alan was convicted of child molestation and spent three years in jail. What's important about this, um, is that no Zodiac letters were sent during those three years. Nothing, not a radio silence. Right. Um, in 1987, a San Jose inmate told police that Alan admitted to him that he call uh, that he killed Paul Stein. Okay. But I find it's inmate, you know, um, testimony from people saying, oh, this guy told me that he did this, this. I never fully trust it because they could be trying to say something in an effort to get reduced time or right. move somewhere see, else or some sort of privilege. Yeah, um, depends and on the person. Depends on the inmate. Yeah. Um, in 1991, a Vallejo detective interviewed the first surviving male victim, victim Michael Majot. Um, Majot yes. gets shown a lineup and picks out the man who shot him. When it's I Alan. Guess, yeah. Woo! He picked out Alan. We got him. Get him, boys. So this actually led to another search of Alan's home. And this time police um, found formulas for bombs, constructed bombs, and tapes about the serial killer. Mm. About Zodiac. Wonderful. Um, now the important thing about the bombs and the and you know the formulas for them was that in a lot of the letters, um, Zodiac actually talked about bombs a lot mm-hmm. and like the fact that how he wanted to use them and and instructions on how to build them stuff like that. He would reference bombs in a bunch of the letters. Um, they interviewed Alan a third time after searching his place for a second time, and he just said he didn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. And then a year later, in 1992. Alan was found dead in his home from a suspected heart attack with no further questioning, no further investigation. Wait, what year was that? 1992. 92. So he's been okay. dead since 1992. Gotcha. Um, and not like proven or unproven for anything. Okay. Now, here are some reasons why he might not be the Zodiac. Okay. Well, has there been... Okay. Never mind. I'm just going gonna, gonna to ask questions till the end. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Alan's DNA was compared to the stamp saliva and it was not a match. Okay, so they tested his DNA. Got it. Yeah, they tested his DNA yeah, because he was enough, considered more serious. Way too many evidence. Well, he, well not, yeah, it was a lot of circumstantial evidence. A lot of circumstantial now, evidence. Now, like I said, it was not a match. However, it was known that Alan had a habit of letting other people lick his stamps instead of him, which would explain why it wouldn't match. Okay. I know. I know. It's weird. But if he actually did do that, imagine. Hey, look this stamp for me. <laughs> like, no, what? think about it. Though. It'd be what? like, hey, like I just wrote this letter. Here, take care of this. I'm about to send it out. Yeah, sure. Okay. Just be Makes like, I don't sense, like the taste though. of the glue. Okay, sure. I'll do it for you, bud. Slicks. Yeah. And now, but yeah, think about it. Is if, 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 if it is him and he got other people to lick his stamps, it's not like it would matter because then that piece of DNA would be a completely innocent person, yeah. and no matter who they tried to eliminate, yeah. it wouldn't fucking matter yeah, but because then, it wouldn't but actually you, be Zodiac. Yeah, but you'd have you'd have that person like, hey, this DNA matches yours. Even if they tested enough to test every single mm-hmm. human in the world, and they're like, this yep. DNA matches yours, they'd yeah. be like, okay, what, what were you doing at this time in this place, blah, 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 and they'd yeah. be like, okay, it's not you, obviously. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Now, one other piece was uh, of evidence was found, like physical evidence they were able to keep okay. on file. Um, this was from the Paul Stein cr- uh, murder, the killing. Uh, there was a like a fingerprint print in blood found at the scene in the in the car 
and Alan's fingerprints were taken in 1971 and compared to the bloody prints found at the Paul Stein Stein crime scene, and they didn't match, Mm. which is a tough one. Um, police. Wasn't that the murder he said, like the, that they suspected that he his did friend the most? had actually said that he committed? Right. He or no, not his friend. Um, or was it his friend? No, it yeah, was it, was, his friend. it was like his friend it was, was his like friend. he definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was, yeah. Um, anyways, police um, also had Alan undergo handwriting analysis, and his handwriting didn't match the letters. But people have been known to change their handwriting Fuck, in yeah, order easily, to dude, handwriting's easily. not a science, like a for like. A, like a be all end all like it's not like somebody's dna was there so that's how we know they were there um alan also does not look like the paul stein sketch even though he definitely matches the description from the earlier attacks of like this tall like heavy set guy right um however with all of the things that i did say you know as to why he's not Arthur Lee Allen was considered the prime suspect for the killings by most police departments involved because it was different counties. So it was different police. Right. Um, Most of them did consider him the prime suspect for a while, even though there were some, you know, evidence to not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There are many other suspects that have been considered over the years. There were small references to a few of them and the stuff that I wrote, uh, read and saw. Um, There was actually a video done by the video done by BuzzFeed and solved where I got most of the theories actually discussed a plausible like third suspect main suspect um that does have some creepy connections so if anyone is interested in the zodiac case and the topic Ooh, um i would it recommend up to the guest nice. i would yeah i would definitely um recommend watching that one because this last guy i'm not totally sold on it but it's kind of creepy the coincidences catch him yeah yeah we'll find him don't worry so probably dead now but oh here we are now that we've gone over you know why this guy's notorious all of the weird stuff you know the you know for sure th- um for sure like three separate attacks uh no four attacks sorry yeah um four attacks you know he after all of this you know these initial incidences and possibly even more like it's been reported that if some of the extra like killings that haven't been confirmed that it's him but have been attributed to him um it could be upwards of like almost 30 mm-hmm. people have died because of zodiac okay yeah um but again, that's not fully confirmed. So with a case that continues to be unsolved 50 years on now, yeah. the Zodiac Killer and his crimes have left quite a mark on everybody who's been connected to um, to the case. Robert Graysmith that I mentioned before, um, you know, he was a cartoonist in 1969 when the Zodiac hit prominence and, you know, big attention. Um, he had attempted to decode the letters written by Zodiac and became obsessed with the case over the next 13 years. He'd actually got married and divorced twice and he blamed his marriage's failure on how obsessed he was with the Zodiac case. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Graysmith would write two books about the case, eventually giving up his career as a cartoonist to write five more books on other high profile crimes. Um, there were quite a few film adaptations based off of or inspired by the crimes um, done by Zodiac. Um, but one of the most prominent was based um, off of Graysmith's books. And this was David Fincher's 2000 film Zodiac that I mentioned before. Gotcha. So have you, have you, I know I mentioned the film, but you've, uh, you've never seen it. Nope. You haven't heard about it. Nada. Okay. So um, do you want to just, you know, cause you know, you do know some actors, do you want to just like take a wild guess as to which actor they got to play Gray Smith? Cruz. What? What? Sorry. They got to play Gray Smith. As. They which actor did they get to play? Yeah, I, just, the... I just jumped to Ted Cruz because I was. Just... Oh my god! Um, this is why you can't interrupt me. Sometimes. Okay, let me let me know. I'm gonna really gonna de- dedicate some time to this one. Okay, mm-hmm. is it a comedic actor? No. 
is it an is it an action actor? Kind of. Um, is he an emotional, like, serious actor? Yes. Like a dramatic actor? Yes. Is it Tom Hanks? No. Am I even remotely close? No. Okay. Um, do I know the actor? Obviously, you're asking you do. So I know the actor. You do. Um, obviously, it's a dude. Yes. Um, he, it's, it's tall, lengthy, short, stubby. they played, who do, who do they, who do he play? Graysmith. Graysmith, isn't that the cartoonist? Yeah. Why do they get an actor to play him? Like because why he, because oh, he, okay, you just okay. he works at the Chronicle. He was, you know, witnessing all of the stuff being sent in the Chronicle. He was a part of investigating the Zodiac. Um, Do you uh, want to just tell you? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They had quite like a uh, selection of actors in this movie. So I, think I knew that. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. So Mark Ruffalo actually played Inspector Dave Toshi. He became quite a prominent um, investigator. Um, and he was one of the main ones in the case. It's actually um, there was a little tidbit that part of his like you know investigative personality inspired dirty harry oh cool yeah cool um and robert downey jr played paul paul avery is what it was robert downey jr played the journalist who covered the killings okay yeah um so fincher's film like i said was painstakingly accurate to the time period um but as well as eyewitness testimony 911 calls as well as like the letters and the codes being exact um in the film radar um video that i mentioned like the, he would play from like i guess whatever documentary it was of like clips of the 911 calls and it was matching the dialogue in the movie to a t oh, wow. it was insane the amount of work that they put into a period you know accurate san francisco the clothing was right that even if they had to green screen it like the the um the landscape was right and like i said to um hartnell actually had said that you know about his scene on the attack on him that he quote couldn't have scripted it better wow interesting that's how much it impacted him and how much he said it was so because of this the film's been hailed as one of the most faithful and realistic true crime films ever like if anything you know the based on a true story was not a gimmick it was you know true to form um so while there's some thought of geez while there's some solid theories as we've discussed from like amateur sleuths as well as like actual law enforcement about who the Zodiac is, no sufficient evidence has ever been found to conclusively say, hey, this guy did it. Um, the San Fran Police Department marked the case inactive in 2004, in April, um, but reopened it sometime before March 2007, so now it's still an open case there. Um, the cases remained open in the city of Alejo, as well as Napa and Solano co- County, which is where you know some of the killings occurred. Um, and the California Department of Justice has maintained an open case file on the Zodiac murder since 1969. Um, for me, the bold and taunting nature of the Zodiac killer, combined with the fact that there's really not a lot as far as, far as solid evidence to make an arrest, is kind of the perfect pr- combination for this guy to go down in history among being one of the most baffling, frustrating, brutal, and tragically unsolved cases. Wow. That was amazing. And now I'm going to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Take take a couple, like, you know, good chug there. Um, wow. Again, guys, look at that. I had no doubts that was going to be mind-bending and fascinating and terrifying all at once. This was uh, This a, guy's fucked. Yeah. It, it's a crazy case. And mind you, guys, I think like, he's dead, though. Oh, he's definitely dead by now. Right. He's definitely dead by now. But with the age that they think he was... 50 years ago like he's got to be either in a nursing either home or old. yeah but that's but that's what i'm trying to say is like that why do you why do you keep open cases on a dead person 
Like what is that? Well, they still want to try and solve Like even if they can attribute it to somebody who may have been gone and passed away. Imagine being paid to do that. Like that's your, like open cases means some people, somebody's working on that day to day. Yeah. That's crazy. No, but that's why like police departments have cold case units because that's what it is. It's a cold case now. Mm Mm-hmm. They have units for I, that. I would, after that story, I consider that a warm case. It's pretty, pretty spicy. No, pretty spicy. it's not what I mean. God, I can't with you sometimes. No, but guys, this was. I'm really, you know, I appreciate you if you're still listening right now. I appreciate you. Um, like Dude, I said, every true, single person listening, your voice is beautiful. Listen true, to. true crime truly is one of my big passions. Um, I don't want that to sound morbid, but I think I just to be able to um, just appreciate the fact that you know these people you know there's victims here whose lives were taken and you have to appreciate the fact that you know these families need answers um if it's an unsolved case or the fact that like you know we have to remember the fact that there are people who are affected by these cases real life cases of just craziness that you would never think you would you wouldn't believe it was true unless it was shown you otherwise you'd say no that's like a fake movie that somebody made up no this was like some real shit that happened in real life and it blows my mind and it was so um interesting to be able to kind of like really dive deep in a little bit more research to talk about this i scratched the surface there's like details on different letters on the crimes themselves and it's crazy in season three, guys, uh, we're going to have a segment that's called The Perfect Crime, where we will uh, document <laughs> and outline our perfect crime and explain exactly how we get away with it. That would actually be really fun. That would be a lot of fun. Um, similar to the office scene where he, what is he, steals a chandelier or something. Um, oh, I would, yes. I would go like the Ocean's Eleven route where like I, it wouldn't be like a murder. It would be more of like a, I robbed something and got away with it. Like something yes. really complex. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I'm totally like kidding. Like white collar crimes. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> But a very serious case, uh, and and a, you know a really good one too. I had I didn't know you know barely anything, if anything, mm-hmm. before that. Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's really right. crazy. I think they both did it. I think you know there's you Genuinely, know evidence what I think to happened. find both. Like I don't think one person did it. I don't. I, think. I don't either. I think um, I personally think that. The first two, for sure, were done by the same person. For sure. Same person. And then the third one was I, I I almost want to say that the third one was somebody else who tried to fly under like the whole Zodiac hype so that, you know, they could get away with it. And then I think that um, that the Paul so Simon what was, was done the, by somebody what different. What was the evidence to prove the first one was a Zodiac? Like, because he didn't call There was that no time. initial evidence That's until I mean. the second killing. That And then after he called in the second killing, he took credit for the first one. So there's a good oh, chance that I maybe see. the first one was different. But I think because the MO is so similar that um, that I, I truly, you know, they were both like off parked by a lover's lane. They yeah, both got shot. Just, it was both a young couple. Yeah. I think it was the same person. And then I think the third okay. and fourth one could be up to, de- to I, I, debate. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Well, yeah. Very fascinating. Um, but that will conclude our, our episode today. That's all she wrote. Uh, that's all she wrote. If you guys have any questions, any uh, comments to make about that story, uh, about all the, all the you know research we've done, uh, Ryan's done, let us know <laughs> in the comments on all the social medias. You know, Give us a shout. Um, again, next week's going to be a fun one. But uh, sure thank you is. again. Thank you again, Ryan, for all thank of that. Thank you. That was fantastic. Thanks for letting me sit here and just talk away. Yeah, no, I mean, everybody loves your voice. So <laughs> it's it's no doubt that these episodes get more views than the other ones. So thanks again, guys, for checking out this episode of Let's Have a Drink. I've been Curtis. I've been Ryan. That's a weird outro. Let's never do that again. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Peace.